All right, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies. And today, uh, we're going to go a little different than we have in the past, but a very beneficial topic with in business and team building specifically. Our guest today is Andrea Isaacs. Came all the way down here from Louisville, Kentucky, just for the podcast. That's exactly right. That is very impressive. We impressive. We appreciate that. We're going to be chatting with her. Um, get to know you. We've got rapid fire coming up right after this. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes, and it's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. All right, welcome back. Uh, Andrea, here we go. We do a, a segment every episode, five rapid-fire questions just to get to know you a little better, randomly selected okay. with unknown point values Okay. just to get under your skin. I'm ready. You good? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Number one, what is the best part about your day? Oh, man, okay. Uh, this is so cheesy, but yeah. so I, I hope that this is okay. But um, I have been married for 15 years, Okay. and I love still every single day, like it registers in my mind, I love getting in bed at night with my husband, like ending the day because we, we lead crazy lives, and um, it is like a reminder, like, okay, I'm living the dream. There you like, go. Here it is. Just getting in the bed at night, so just knowing that it's, that it's all over. I made it. I survived another day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Number two, what is the most random thing in your purse or wallet uh probably a hot wheels car i'm a mom of four yeah. and uh so there at any given time i mean there's gonna be a half-eaten sucker a hot wheels car um you know probably a paw patrol band-aid something like that paw patrol band-aid that's <laughs> that's pretty random right <laughs> i can i can relate to that number three if you could pick one job to do forever what would it be oh man okay so my dream job I really, this is so embarrassing. I would, I want to be a Disney animated voice. <laughs> That's my dream job. That's pretty interesting. I would, I would love yeah. that. I want to be a Disney princess voice. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a good goal. I like that. I, I, I would that's imagine. That's a job you, I could do forever. You would, uh, who, I'm trying to think who I would have ever asked that question to that I would have gotten that response. <laughs> yeah, it's been. Uh, I want to be the voice of a life. Disney princess. Yeah. Yeah, could you go to work every day and just be a princess? I mean, any anything <laughs> to do with Disney, I guess that would be a fun and enjoyable. That's the way to go. That's right. All right, number four. Uh, what can you do today that you were not capable of one year ago? Saying no. Oh. Yeah. I. That sounds deep. It is. This has for sure 2019 like will be marked by my ability to say no to something, and that has never been like in my DNA. And, uh, but, but for sure, like I see it as a, a noticeable change and a sign probably maybe even of a little bit of maturity, yeah. uh, but it's huge. That's been huge. So yeah, something I, I probably couldn't have even done a year ago. Yeah, it's, it's fun. You, you, you read a lot of books about leadership and, you know, it, it, impactful people over our lifetime. And yeah. most of the time they're marked more by what they say no to than they yeah. say yes to. It's huge. Uh, anyway, that's, that's, uh, we could go on for that on, on that forever. <laughs> Number five, what is one thing that you would most like to change about the world oh that is like miss america quality question right there like what do i want for the world um no negativity i mean honestly like it is something that 
I like shriek away from. So um, I, I, I feel like people naturally are cynical and critical and negative. And uh, so if I could change one thing, like, just like, yeah, get, just get, rid the world of, of negativity. It. Yeah. Get rid of it. It would just be, it would just be a Disney all the time. That, I mean, basically that's what we're going for. Right. <laughs> all right. Congratulations. You passed. That's rapid fire. Uh, <laughs> your, your score is 932. Okay, 932. I'll take so, it. I'll yeah. take it. Um, don't really know what that means, but <laughs> but that's where we're at. All right, cool. So today's topic is Enneagram, and uh, I really this has been an interesting thing. Okay. We have really uh, around our organization uh, adapted to personality assessments lo- a long time ago, and sure. I know Enneagram is a little different, but we adapted to Myers Briggs. Yep. And uh, so we want to talk about that here in a little bit, how they differ or how they. How, how they kind of uh, apply to each other. Sure. Uh, but the reason that we did it and the reason I found out about it um, was based out of just, and I've told this story lots, but pure, pure frustration with dealing okay. with uh, another another individual. And we were just butting heads all the time. We couldn't figure out why. Sure. Did the uh, did did the Myers Briggs test and and okay like enlightening? It was so enlightening, and just reading through it, it was just this this kind of eye opening experience to go okay. All of these things make sense. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I'm really, really clued in now. Well, and it makes you feel a little less broken, like a little less like, oh, okay, someone's explaining myself back to me. Exactly. And for whatever reason, I find that really helpful. It is. It's very eye-opening because you go, okay, well, I, all of these things that you that you marked off as a negative sure. or, a, or a detriment or whatever you Absolutely. wanted to put out, you now go... Okay, there's lots of other people like this. And that makes sense. And this is how I, it's just how you see the world. That's right? great. So, uh, fast forward through, just to kind of set up the conversation, tell us a little bit what is the Enneagram? What does it mean? I know it's an old, old, old philosophy, but sure. but how does, uh, what is it? So, if anybody has never heard the word before, the 12 people yeah. that are listening to this that's never heard <laughs> never it, never heard before, of Enneagram. Yeah. What is so, it? in the, the simplest way, Enneagram literally means like a design of nine. Um, so Enya is like a drawing or a design, and then um, Graham is nine. And so in the Enneagram wisdom um, or this kind of older philosophy, there are nine types of people in the world. Okay. And I like to say that that means that there are nine normals. Sure. Because so often we feel like if we don't see lots of other uh, versions of ourselves and our typical behaviors in other people, we feel um, othered. You know, like uh, isolated or or misunderstood. And so when when we start with kind of this idea that the Enneagram really explains nine normal ways of of seeing and and thinking and kind of operating in the world, um, that is really comforting. Or at least I have found that to be the case for a lot of people. Yeah, the the most powerful thing that I've heard about the Enneagram is is not any of them are better than others. That's exactly right. And that's uh, that's the normal thing for people is like, well, I'm this is better than We're your number, right? That's awesome. Yeah, and <laughs> and it's like it is just the way that yeah. you see the world. That's right. For, and it's none of them are bad. It's just And that, I would even go as far to say that like all of them are necessary. Mm, so all ooh. nine types really kind of um, you, you know the legend of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. One of the reasons that he made a round table is because he wanted there to be an equality mm. to the knights and not to feel like anybody was at the head of the table. And in the Enneagram, if you look at the actual design, it is circular. And so that same principle kind of applies that, you know, a type one is not greater or or um, less than a type eight or a type five or a type nine, uh, but they all have kind of their seat at the table in essence sure. and um, have their perspective, their vantage point, and that all nine of them are bringing um, really beautiful things to the world. All right, so we kind of talked about it at the at this onset, but 
give us a breakdown, a little bit of the differences between uh, the the Enneagram, maybe Myers Briggs, Disc sure. Strength Finders. Sure. I, there's a ton of them out there. There's but a ton. What, what's yeah. how do they all stack up? So it goes all the way back to like the Greeks, and maybe you've heard the terms like melancholy or. Uh, Phlegmatic or sanguine. I mean, so it's not a new idea sure. to try and Categorize understand. <laughs> yeah, we and, and it's not to box people in. It's that we need some kind of schema sure. where we can understand um, how we're different, how we're similar, um, and and so we've seen lots of these throughout you know history. It's not a new idea, um, but yeah, Myers Briggs, uh, Strength Finder, Disc, things like that, um, anything of that nature that's giving us information and kind of maybe even speaking to human behavior or human personality um, is always exciting. It's always intriguing where I feel like the Enneagram Mm -hmm. um, and and why maybe I was drawn to that even more than some of the others that you mentioned is I feel like it picks up where others kind of end, kind of leave off. So what I mean by that is when I read my Myers-Briggs or I find out, you know, my, my strengths and things like that, I'm like, oh, great, great. That some of that resonates. That's good information. What am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> and, 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 and on really bad days where you're kind of a, maybe even a little bit self-loathing, it feels like a, like, a, like a label or like a, not a death sentence, that's really super extreme, <laughs> but like this thing that I can't Rural. break yep. out of. Yeah, yeah. And the Enneagram is much more, well, number one, speaking to motive and why I behave, not just telling me this prescribed, you know, kind of um, these actions, uh, but it, so it's telling me motive. It's t- explaining to me why, mm-hmm. which I found super helpful. Yeah. And then the second part is it really provides kind of this path for growth. Like yeah. this, I can move um, forward and be a healthier version of myself, not uh, feeling like I'm just a subject to whatever branding, you know, was put on me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of maybe the way I'd explain it. Hey, thanks for listening to the Coffee Break Podcast. If this information has been helpful to you or you just really kind of like our theme song, can you help us out by rating us on whatever app you're using? And if you get really fancy, how about sharing a screenshot on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn? Okay, enough of all this. Let's get back to the conversation. I, I heard a wise man once uh, uh, say it's kind of like a default mode. Would yes. you agree with that? Yes, I love that. I love that that term. In fact, I would even say, here's the easiest way in my brain, the way that the Enneagram makes sense to me. Um, so I, I have my personal laptop, you yep. know, that goes everywhere with me and the default printer is my home printer, sure. like at my house. So if I'm going to go to print, it's going to print at my house. But if I step into um, my office or um, some other setting and I go to print, I forget, oh yeah, it's my default printer. I've got to go in and override that and change or hook up to whatever printer I'm around. I don't want to change my home setting. Like I don't want to change that my house is Mm. my default setting, but I know and I recognize the circumstances when I have the ability to override and make a different choice. Gotcha. And so the Enneagram can work a lot like that where what feels like me on autopilot, Mm -hmm. maybe that's another term as well, when I just walk into a room, what feels the most natural, what feels the most autopilot esque? <laughs> sure. Um, I I don't have to give into that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is what is comfortable. It's what is natural. But I, as a growing, maturing human being who wants to function in a world with other people that don't operate the same way that I do, I have a choice. Like yeah. I can look at a situation and say, you know what, I need to pull back here, or I need to 
lean in more or whatever the case may be. So basically adapting to, this, right. to, to the scenarios that you're in. It's, I, I, one of the things that I found very interesting once uh, we went through the, um, through the Myers-Briggs testing for personality and even sure. with Enneagram, it's now that you have this information, it's almost like you can't use it as a crutch. No. If you do, that's like the, the worst part that that's you can right. do with it. But now you're self-aware. Yes. So now you're held to a higher standard Love of that. accountability that says, okay, now you're I aware of this. Things. So don't, yeah. Yeah. I think um, I have really, truly experienced it. And, and the, the people that I, that I work with and, and do coaching with, that it really it is simultaneously like a gut punch, yeah. like, okay, wow, and can really explain some things that maybe you have been trying to figure out about yourself or if you have a, a partner or a spouse or colleagues that you work you know, closely with. Sure. A, it, Enneagram kind of puts language around um, things that, that maybe have been either obvious to other people or you felt it intuitively, but you just couldn't articulate it. Got it. Um, so it, it really does a lot of work um, in a pretty quickly, like what might take you 30 years to uncover about yourself. Yeah. Um, it can kind of unpack that much faster. All right. So Enneagram, we're really kind of talking in on that. Why did it, it see, I, again, as you talked about, it's, it's, it's been around for a long time. Sure. All of a sudden, <laughs> I mean, if you're on Instagram, you've heard about it. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of podcast topics about it. It all of a sudden became very popular. It feels like yeah, maybe it's maybe sure. not, but become very popular. What do you attribute to that? Why does yeah. that, why did it just all of a sudden kind of resurface? I think two things. Um, I think you nailed it with the social media piece. You mm-hmm. know, anytime Instagram gets a hold of something or, you know, like it just seems like it's more on our radar sure. um, pretty, pretty quickly. But I would say even beyond that, um, Ian Cron, who is now kind of being seen as like the godfather. Sure. Um, and uh, a, a, a wonderful lady named Suzanne Stabile, uh, they co-wrote a book um, called um, The Road Back to You. Yep. And I think that it just made the Enneagram so much more accessible for people. Got it. So if you look at any of the texts prior to their book, um, and then Suzanne Stabile has another one that she wrote by herself that's just called uh, The Path Between Us. And if you look at the literature before uh, those books came out, it is very heady. Like it is just very, it feels like a college philosophy textbook. Gotcha. Anything. Um, another another one that came out around the same time um, is uh, Chris Hewart's um, The Sacred Enneagram. Mm-hmm. So I, I think a lot of those kind of uh, branch into a faith market um, as well. And that kind of opened the doors for maybe a lot of the other platforms that you've seen. I, I think thinking back on it, the first time that I was really aware of it was I'd seen somebody on Instagram post something about, you know, I'm this number with a wing of yeah. this number. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> People are making up some <laughs> random stuff. Sure. And then I, I was listening to a podcast. I think it was the Andy Stanley podcast. Yes. Leadership podcast. With, yeah. with Ian Crone on yeah. it. And they started kind of talking through that and just through some of that conversation when they were documenting some of uh, the attributes to each uh, Enneagram number, I was like, hold on a second. This is bigger than I realized. Yeah. I was like, I can really, I can really see that, um, how that's impactful. So uh, that's when I, that was like kind of my first awareness to it, but it was on multiple facets. So um, it's a very interesting question. You are a certified Enneagram Enneagram coach. coach. Yeah. What does that mean? What does that mean? I love that question. So um, I it's almost like you knew I was going to ask. Yeah, well, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's a very, an important question. Yeah. Um, I uh, Counseling 
tends to deal with people's pasts and processing, okay, what got me to where I am today and what's going on, kind of my inner workings and things like that. Coaching looks to the future. So Mm. you think about, you think about, you know, a physical fitness coach, you think about a life coach, you think about a nutrition coach, Um, you are giving permission to these people to help you set goals, to help you think about the person you want to become. Yeah. Um, and so that is what the Enneagram, that, that's kind of my role. Um, I really try to distinguish that with people that I work with. Like, okay, I'm not your counselor. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, when you're unpacking someone's personal, like, some of that's going to come out. Sure, sure. Um, but if, you, if I can kind of make that distinction, like, let, what are we aiming towards? How are we wanting to move forward? What's the behavior that you're wanting to, you know, work on? All of that is in the realm of coaching. Counseling is kind of like the next level because you got to work backwards. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that understanding... If you're you're just starting with this whole process, what's what test do you recommend? Because sure. if you Google Enneagram test, there's a bajillion. You know, first you have to figure out how to spell it. Yes, and then, that's good. And then, <laughs> then there's all these out there, um, and sure. you know, one of the one of the things that I've I've dealt with over these personality tests and Enneagram tests, anything like that, is overanalyzing the questions and trying to figure out, okay, what is, how does this impact the actual result? Uh, but anyway, so what, but what test do you recommend that you would say these are some that you're going to get some pretty decent results from? Okay. So I have a love hate relationship with the tests. Okay. Anyway. Interesting. The tests are a newer like phenomenon because of the popularity. Okay. So in kind of a if you, 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 you'll give me a second for like the history lesson of the Enneagram, because we said it kind of, it's got, you know, um, it kind of goes back. It really was that you were kind of expected to work with a person, a okay. mentor, a coach, a whatever label would be given, uh, because it is so nuanced. Um, and for any, any time that we start trying to like ask questions that are very like scientific um, that is muddy and complicated mm-hmm. and it, what kind of mood are you in that day and how you know but if you work with a person or even I have found if people read a book like um, you know the road back to you or they are at a conference or they're sure. any any time where it's a little bit more human um, it the the results are more accurate and it, I even the word results is a little bit strange Here's something that's critical to to know. You self-identify. Yeah. So even if you take a quiz or a test or an assessment as a like starting point, okay. most people, not everyone, but most people, it's not accurate. But it's a starting point. Yeah. And so they'll get that information and they'll go, they'll toss out like, that doesn't sound like me. That doesn't feel like me. I mean, this is a little bit, but I don't know. And they ha- that is a part of it. I really have not figured out a way to get around it because it is so, you have to be self-reflective. Sure. So, but if, if, <laughs> if I'm working with a team, I, I do like to use the Enneagram Institute um, their website. It's a twelve dollar test. Okay. Um, it's probably going to take you about forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. I feel like the questions are great, um, and it has been the most accurate that I have found. Um, there are other. Te- there's even apps now that you can put on your phone and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, the silly kind of like typical like uh, 
what friends Enneagram type character are you? You know, yeah, like yeah, all yeah. of the like kind of pop culture stuff. Uh, but the Enneagram Institute, it's been around for um, a couple of decades and they seem to have kind of really um, nailed nailed it down. Ian Cron has one, uh, but it's pricey. Yeah, yeah. And I have not actually done it yet. Gotcha. Uh, but it's getting great feedback and great reviews. Like if you were the head of an organization and you wanted to pay especially for yourself. Sure. Like, I think it, there's probably value in that, but, um, it's like know. 60, 60 dollars or something, isn't it? It might even be more like $120. Oh. Like oh, it's, okay. it's, well, expi- yeah, but yeah. it's anyway. Yeah. Sure. It's, there's different like categories, <laughs> but, it, but it, again, it, in, and, there's value we, in having that information. That's what I was going to say. As we kind of go through this conversation, I think that there's major value in understanding yes. that I know, I can tell you specifically, and, and I, I know probably I'm pr- more familiar with Myers-Briggs than I am yeah. Enneagram, but sure. my point of it is once I, once I found that information and got access to it, it was a, a major power shift in just understanding how Definitely. I deal with people, how people perceive me. Definitely. So there's, I mean, you can't, at the end of the day, if you're, a, if you are leading a team. You got to have that information. A hundred dollars. Yeah. It, like, and making a huge impact on your team. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Forbes magazine says that the most valuable um, feature or skill set of someone in the business world is self-awareness. Yeah. Like it is more critical than charisma, than, um, you know, the ability to sell something like knowing yourself. Yeah. That's powerful. Um, so, yeah, I think that speaks to exactly what you're saying. So after you after you do the, the test yes. or you work with somebody from an assessment yes. standpoint, you disagree with the results. Yes, I love that. <laughs> like this. This is definitely not That's accurate. That's not me. <laughs> what, where do you what go do you from do? there? Yeah. Sure. So um, this is great because even my husband had this experience where his initial exposure to the Enneagram, he's like, yeah, a lot of this is kind of ringing true for me. He thought he was a type four. And um, then as he and I both were kind of doing more work with the Enneagram and, and, and reading and trying to really unpack, he was like, oh, wow, I am definitely a five. And um, most people have that kind of like eye-opening, like, wow, I have landed. I know this is where I'm at. And we even would say the phrase like self-identified. Yeah. So um, it is, I think, important, honestly, to like wrestle with that. Um, and and if you're kind of figuring, you know, which one am I and, and where am I at? It's even okay if for a year you've been saying, I'm a three, I'm a three, I know I'm a three. And then a year later, you're like, I think I'm a one. Oh my goodness. So, whoops. Oops. Change, change it up there a little it's bit. It's okay. Yeah. Because what is, and it's not, I get questions a lot like, am I bipolar? Do I, which maybe. Multiple um, personality yeah, multi, disorder. Yeah. Or, or like I changed. I know that I was this when I was 16, but I'm different now. I would argue against that. Mm-hmm. When you finally land on like your home base. Sure. It is like. It's like finding your soulmate. No, <laughs> it's like you, there is something that just clicks and you're like, oh, okay. And it doesn't change. Like once you finally are like, oh, I see it now. Like, yeah. and this is where I'm at. You won't in 20 years be like, I'm different. Um, so does that make sense? No, it does. I, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't, I kind of the, the same, same experience is, you know, you take a test or, or you, you go, you deal with a coach and you kind of get to a point to think what to figure out what number you are, right? And then once you start doing research on it, yes. you go, okay, uh, if maybe it's two, maybe it's a difference between two different numbers. Yes, and and it's just through the research that you can go, okay, I I can identify with that, yes. or I can see myself in that process. Yes, or not that does not. I don't. I don't, I don't identify. Yeah, I don't identify sure. with that at all. Sure, um, it's just kind of understanding the process, but. 
you know, again, figuring out how that applies to, I think the, the more powerful part of it that I've seen is how people perceive you. Yes. On the outside. That's huge. And it speaks again, Enneagram to me, um, uncovers more about motive mm-hmm. and, and, and the why behind how, how we are and how we behave. Um, and that is critical. So where certain pieces of a type might not ring true. Well, first of all, let me back up and say this too. Mm. You have a little bit of all of the types in you. Sure. Because we we are not like in a vacuum living lives alone. Like we've been influenced. We, you know, parenting, childhood, life experiences, trauma, yep. like all of this kind of, um, in, you know, builds into who we are and how we act in the world. And we learn how to, it's all about adapting and, and, and having these kind of modes of operation in the world. Yeah. Like it's a protective mechanism, really. It's interesting that you say that, uh, that it, it's about an understanding intent. All right, because we, so we recently did a leadership summit for our organization. So cool. some of our, our leadership team came together, and one of the uh, one of the components of that was identifying personality types or any discussing it. Yeah, and that was one of the topics that we really kind of honed in on is, or one of the, the 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 parts of it we honed in on is, okay, as you're dealing with people now, you can understand that they have good intent, the way that they go through it, the way that they bring it to everybody's attention, the way they communicate it is, is the thing that you kind of are understanding, but you understand that we all have the same intent and that we're, we're all working towards a common goal. Yeah. I think where it shows up very clearly, just as an example for what you're speaking to, um, you'll hear people say like, I'm not a high energy person or I don't Mm -hmm. have any, I think every human being has a ton of energy for whatever they want to have energy for. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever the thing, whether it is, you know, binge watching Netflix or building a computer from scratch, you know, like we all have energy yeah. for the things that we want to have energy for. Sure. People mis- misinterpret energy for, for hyperness. Right. I guess, exactly. Right? So, yeah. and that's not accurate. Yeah. But, there, um, I, I, uh, there was someone I used to, Tell us all the time that my old boss's wife's mom. Okay, there used, it is. Used to I'm say, tracking. Used to say, people do what they want to do. That's exactly right. And that's what it, a lot of it comes down to is just, people do what they want to do. They'll okay. find the energy, the resources to, to get it do done it. when they need to. Yeah. Well, and like some people have energy for like planning in their mind. Yeah. And so they're big time planners and they can think like five years out to like what needs to happen. But that takes energy. It's not a physical energy. But it's energy, sure. you know. So anyway, it is is big. So once you find your your, find your results, yes. you find your type, you're yes. you're into that that part. Yes. What's next? Enneagram memes for Instagram. <laughs> All that's, the way. That's just, that's, All day, every day. This is the value add to life. <laughs> yeah. So I can make fun of other people and make fun of myself. <laughs> that's um, uh, no, that's a great question. I think. Well, number one it typically shows you areas that you were very, very aware of about mm-hmm. yourself and almost to the point where you're going like, wait, not everybody's like that. But it also simultaneously shows you things that you were completely blind to yeah. about yourself. So it takes a minute to like process that. Um, and so I would say that's the first step is like, okay, now that I have this information, how have I been like really stepping on people's toes yeah. and I didn't realize it? Or how have I really not been showing up? Like sh- not showing up to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe I think that's the start of some of the Enneagram work is like, okay, I want to be um, the healthiest version of myself. And it also s- will speak to even um, the Enneagram gives us insight to like how we behave when we're stressed out, when okay. we're overloaded, overwhelmed. That's really critical information in the workplace. Yeah. You know, like if I know that my, um, you know, coworker, like I can see it 
like, oh, they're okay. They're spiraling and they might not even see it yeah, yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. But they're, so I think that that is, is also another kind of next step yeah. is what do I do? Now I have some information about how to stay healthy, how to um, handle when I am stressed um, and what am I supposed to look like? Um, Cause we're all going to have stress. Mm-hmm. The goal is not, I don't ever want to be stressed out. Yeah. That's unrealistic. Yeah. Um, in fact, you need stress. Like when you go to the gym, you want to stress your muscles. Yeah. So they grow. Yep. Um, so I think that that's the next piece. And then, oh man, this is maybe my favorite thing, is just an awareness of how much grace it gives you for other people. Sure. Yeah. Just a reminder, you're listening to the Coffee Break Podcast. Also, we wanted to let you know that our team puts together a weekly blog post. You can find it at locdoc.net slash blog. It's guaranteed to raise your IQ by 12 points or your money back. So it's pretty much a win-win. All right, back to the conversation. Well, I want to give you an example. So based off of our, our leadership uh, summit recently and, and kind of unpacking a lot of that, I was I was having a conversation uh, with one of our team members here just, just within the last couple of weeks. Okay. And I realized that I was, you know, I guess coming across very assertive in what I was trying to communicate. And I knew that he was stressed out because I was trying to get him to, to, to kind of develop a plan well before he was ready. Yep. And so we were in this middle of this just kind of snowball meltdown. And I was like, (laughs) hold on a second. Let's back up here. I was like, I'm not trying to stress you out and I'm not trying to force you to do something before you're ready, but this is kind of where we're, what we're trying to accomplish. That's great. And it changed the dynamic of the conversation versus historically at the end of that, you're just both wanting to strangle each other. Yes. Even in the middle of the conversation. Yes. It's just an awareness of, okay, let's back up the result of it. After we, after we kind of have went our separate ways to go work on other things, I came back later and he had made progress in the area without that's huge w- without that con- conf- conflict right yeah. so i don't know it's, it's just it's a great it, example it's just interesting to know that uh, i think the the uh, other side of that would have been if i would have just kind of forced him down and continued to push that assertiveness all the way through yeah. it would have just caused an un- undue amount of frustration well and i know especially in your organization you need people to be creative yeah. you need them to be able to be problem solvers um and and a lot of times that pressure crushes all of that. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to um, draw out positive things that is going to, re- you know, bring great results, yeah. like you, it definitely makes a difference. Um, John Maxwell says, I'd like you a lot more if you were like a lot like me, you know, <laughs> I'd like you more if you were more like me. I disagree with that statement. That would probably be, yeah. those people would annoy me. Those people. <laughs> um, and I think that that is, again, with the Enneagram, it kind of breaks some of that down yeah. where we start to value people's differences instead of being annoyed by them. Mm -hmm. And I would also say it, man, I mean, it just has a lot of implications for your marriage, for your, you know, your, your corporate, your corporations, things like that. But, um, even between my husband and I, like I for sure can see areas in in our marriage where I was frustrated that he was not acting or behaving more like me. Mm -hmm. And he was definitely frustrated that I was not acting or behaving more like him. And now because we, again, just an awareness, like uh, Enneagram uh, describes it like being asleep. 
And then once you kind of have some of that information, like you're waking up to mm. y- yourself, really. Um, but that's kind of a like a philosophical way to, to look at it. But it's giving the people around you the support that they need, okay. exactly like you did um, with your with your employee, um, giving them the space that they need to be healthy um, and and not like forcing them to. Now, it's not an excuse for poor behavior, like <laughs> by any means. Just ignore me. I'm just being a whatever. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, um, no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, but I do think that it, instead of escalating, sure, yep. we're able to... Unnecessarily do. escalating something based off of just sure. not seeing eye to eye. So, okay, you, you just kind of mentioned it, uh, healthy versus unhealthy versions of each of those. And then you hear wings and then you hear subtypes. Yes, and then and then I get lost. It's a lot like, of jargon. This is this is this is way. So wh- Great. what's relevant? What's important? And how do you kind of let me ask this question because I just asked you seven questions all in once. You're good. But there's sub there's sub, supposed subtypes and wings. What's the difference between subtypes and wings? Maybe is that a better way to ask that? I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna try and answer all of the questions okay. in in my response. So yes, the enneagram is a lot. There can be a lot of new jargon or vocabulary. Um, but it's not as overwhelming as as you might think. Truth be told, the best thing ever is just get a book. Like, read a book. Okay. okay? We know this. Re- leaders are readers. Like, yeah. read a book. Because um, that will do a lot more to unconfuse you. Um, and I, I think that that's, that's the simplest answer. Now to be more, um, like, dead on to what you're asking. Start with your type. So your type is your number. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. And then... The next, I think, easiest place is to look at wings. And wings, if if you find your home base, so I'm a seven, forever and ever. <laughs> There's no denying it. So seven is my home base. And if I look at um, the, the behaviors and motivation and, and qualities of a seven, that in and of itself is a lot of information. But starting a seven as my home base, I can only be mm-hmm. a wing eight or a wing six. I'm not a seven with a two wing. Some people, I think, um, confuse, like, again, love-hate relationship with the tests. They will take, they'll tell me, like, their top three results. They'll yeah. be like, well, I'm a seven, two, one. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's not a thing. But, okay, I know what you mean. Um, so you you start with your home base, and or people will make the assumption that, like, whatever their second highest score mm-hmm. is, is their wing or, you know, things like that. No, no, no. You 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 are you wing to a number on either side of your number. Uh, so if you're a three, you can only be a three with a two wing or a three with a four wing. Got it. Makes sense. It does. And what it means to wing, my husband jokingly says, like Andrew's a seven with a seven wing. So he's like, anyway. Um, but <laughs> it's just it's what you it's, are. It's right? what it is. Yeah. Uh, but you would know. And again, your wing is a little bit more. Um, like you just have to intuit it. Like mm-hmm. you have to look at your behavior and see, do I borrow more traits from an eight or do I borrow more traits from a six? Interesting. Yes. So your next door neighbor, mm-hmm. like right, wherever you are in home base, you, you look at what their qualities are. Okay. And if you see some of that, then it is kind of the idea is like you have learned how to lean into yep. that wing, lean on that side 
neighbor that you have. So I was, I think I was going to ask a dumb question, but I may have just answered it in my own mind. Sure. Since you said it was a circle, yes. if you're a one or a nine, you can have a wing of an eight or a one. That's exactly okay. right. <laughs> very good. Cause it is a circle. Yeah. So yeah, if you're a nine, I was thinking very linear. No. Yeah. That oh. we get that. The circle again shows up very powerfully. So yeah, if you're a nine, you can be an, have an eight wing or a one wing. You, you nailed it. Hmm. That's very good. Subtypes are, I, I feel like that's like Enneagram 2.0, you know what I mean? Or, you know, like if you were in college, like yeah. that would be like the next level. You're like, this was the 101 class. Sure, sure. Um, so subtypes are a whole nother ball game. Okay. But there are only three. Yep. And it is the most instinctual behavior that you have. Um, so there is a uh, self-preservation instinct. Mm-hmm. There is a social instinct Mm -hmm. and there is a sexual instinct Mm -hmm. or sometimes it's called Mm one-to-one the simplest way to explain that is if you walked into a party there's a hundred people in this party house Mm -hmm. are you walking into the room like i wonder where the food is like man it's really cold in here Mm -hmm. somebody should do something about that like is your awareness a little bit more about your own comfort needs uh, is that where where your attention is? Mm-hmm. That would be a self-preservationist yep. instinct. If you have a social instinct, you're going to walk into that same party and be like, where are my people at? Mm-hmm. Like you want to find the, the table that has your 10 best friends. Yep. So that's the social instinct. And then the sexual or the one-to-one is you're going to go to that party and you're going to connect with a person. You're going to have a deep conversation. You're going to know everything. You're going to experience chemistry. Mm-hmm. And like that is kind of what... F- what feels like the party was a success. Gotcha. So again, there can be a little bit hard to pinpoint. Um, and, but the, the important information is a seven, just cause I'm speaking about myself, a seven with a self-preservation subtype. Yep. Looks a little different than a seven with a social. Sure. Seven with a, so that is where you actually, and, and people's minds get a little like, whoa, slow down. So we don't just have nine types. We've got nine times three, you mm-hmm. know, that's kind of, you know, the 27, like people get a little bit like overwhelmed. Yeah, I can, I could definitely feel that. All yeah. right. So that, I think you, thank you for explaining that. Cause that was very unclear. I've heard sure. a lot of that information kind of floating around, but it's like. The uh, other piece is lines and arrows. So that is where you go in growth. Lines and arrows. This is a new one. I haven't heard this one yet. That's where you go in growth and where you go in unhealth. Ah. So sometimes it's called um, stress or growth. Okay. Some people call it lines and arrows. Um, But if you, again, if you see that Enneagram diagram, um, the the actual Enneagram like symbol um, for a seven. So we'll talk about a seven. I go to a one in unhealth. So that is like my arrow. That's where I go when I'm stressed out. I start acting like the low side of a one, the okay. negative sides of a one. Okay. When I'm healthy and and kind of in a mature place, I go to a five. Okay. So that would be like my growth line. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank yeah. you for explaining that. So that's that. more information, but yeah. That, that is very, very beneficial. Okay. So examples of how people are using this in either their personal life, business life, working with a team yeah. where they get the, the major benefit. I know we, I just kind of gave you a little example earlier, but sure. how are you seeing this as a benefit for people other than just, again, you know, the, the mocking it on, on in social but there is a benefit to having this information. That's exactly right. The The cleanest answer for that is anytime you are in an organization where people are self-aware, mm-hmm. that's a good thing, mm. and where people are working towards being or becoming the healthiest versions of themselves, that is beneficial. And then just the piece of 
giving people grace, you know, understanding that the person who is in your staff meeting who is asking 87 questions and everybody else is ready to move on. And you're like, why are they still asking questions about this? Learning to take a step back and go, we probably need them. We probably need them asking all those questions or we're going to really drop the ball on this because we didn't ask those questions. Or the person who you on your staff, maybe you feel like they're super hard to motivate and they just don't have a sense of urgency. And you're like, come on. And all of your, you know, threes and eights and sevens who are like raring to go on everything all of the time, like stay frustrated because they're like, we could have done this two weeks ago. Why are we not further along? But then the person who maybe is a little bit slower to get motivated, like they're going to be more methodical. They're not going to make as many mistakes. They're going to last longer and Mm -hmm. not burn out quickly. I mean, so it's just, it's again, we could work through every scenario of how teams interact based on the types. But I think the easiest answer is just to say, when I start to see the qualities in people that are innate to them, um, and they're, and knowing the types really helps me to see that super clearly, mm-hmm. then I'm able to slow down and go, we need that on the team. Yeah. And, and realize that there's value yes. in it. So just because they're different than the yes. way that you see the world doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Obviously, yeah. it's a, it's bringing a, a whole other level of vibrancy to right. that situation. And, and, and I think a good boss is able to say, and I'll give a very specific example with a type here, right. but like um, a four who is going to be more creative and artistic, like I don't need to have them at the front desk like answering phones, if at all possible. Sure. Now, do we all have to do certain pieces of our job that are difficult? Of course. But if I can, if I can cut the four loose a little bit mm-hmm. and give them some autonomy and say like, here's what we need and here's when we need it by, like go do your thing. That's good. So I, I, I want to ask you this question um, because I've heard other people say this. Sure. Enneagram is more for personal focus, personal endeavors, less of how it applies to a team or business. And, and Myers-Briggs is more for that. So <laughs> I've heard that said. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, just by the look on your face, I'm interested to hear your answer on that. Yeah. How do you see, because you know, what, what, is, what is the value add on that? I... Probably, obviously, I'm a little bit biased. <laughs> um, I feel like the Enneagram... It's like, it's like asking a Ford dealership, yeah. what's, what's better about a Chevy? Tell me, some people say Chevys are better for highway drives and, you know, yeah. No, uh, I feel like Myers-Briggs really does have so much credibility in the business world mm-hmm. that we all like to kind of hold on to, you know, what feels good and what we're, what systems we're familiar with. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. And, and th- there are lots of implications for how that is positive in your organization. Yeah. Great. Keep using it. That's fantastic. I don't think it's an either or. Um, I think it can be mm. both. I think it can be, um, but, but for my experience personally, and our team worked with Myers-Briggs just, you know, yeah, yeah. Similar, similarly to your experience. And um, it was helpful, but I did not feel like it gave the grace that the Enneagram does. So when we were kind of like working through everyone's Myers-Briggs, it's like, okay, good. So Chad's that and Joe's that and you're that and that. Okay, great. Yeah. What do we do with it? Yeah. It did not have the immediate impact yeah. of wow, like I need to get you in your sweet spot and I need to like draw those good things out of you and here's how you can really 
um, maybe, and maybe it is the little bit more emotional side of me. So like I could see where someone would say, yeah. it's, maybe it's more personal. I think it's both. And I don't think that it has to be either or. Well, one of the things that's interesting, the way that you've described it to this point that I, I would say has, has adapted my thought on some of this is, is the, um, the analogy of the round table and not having a specific head of the table, but it being round. And I think in that sense, if you start to think of it in that way, yeah. um, you can make sure that your organization is evenly balanced. That's exactly right. So I, I know there were some other assessments, that, I, and I cannot remember the name of it, but there were some assessments, and it really kind of dove into, you know, well, you need to have a well-balanced organization, and you're over here, so you need to have, you know, these other four, it was all four sure. quadrants or something like that. Sure. And I think the, the round table analogy to me says, well, if you've got a bunch of sevens mm -hmm. offloaded and mm -hmm. you have very mm -hmm. little of the other, then, you know, it is an unbalanced team Yes, because you're all, <laughs> the majority of the organization is going to do things this way. I would love to be at an organization <laughs> of all sevens who are like coming in with party hats and like whistleblowers and like, yeah, and nothing no. is getting done. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I didn't want to. Uh, yeah, listen, yeah. I can totally make fun of the, the areas of, of lack. I know what my role is and I know what to, yeah. But I have to be reined in. It's okay. <laughs> We're having a blast here, but we don't know what in the world we do. <laughs> it's um, so true. I, I should have asked this question at the beginning. Sure. When you talk to people about this and they go, yeah, this is has no value whatsoever. Sure. What's your response to that to kind of, again, now that I'm thinking about it, probably should have asked that at the beginning yeah, unless no, we, we lost people that said yeah, this is... No, not They're not listening anymore. <laughs> no, I think that is a great question, wherever it falls into the conversation. Um, I think most of the time I kind of let it be like, all right, I get it. And it is so hard. We have so much access yeah. in our culture. I mean, I can go and learn how to baste a turkey, you know, in five minutes on a YouTube video, like mm -hmm. whatever knowledge I want to acquire, like I really can get a hold of it. And so it's hard to wade through sometimes what is a, you know, a flyby fad and sure. what is something that is going to um, have some staying power. And so part of me, we're still kind of early into like the Enneagram, you know, fad, um, at least hmm. this yeah, yeah. like round of it. Sure. And so part of me is just kind of sitting back to like see, you know, what naturally takes yep. and what people, you know, kind of reject. Um, I, I, I also feel like there are lots of people who are outside of maybe, um, so let's say that your first exposure is a podcast that you really love and respect. And you're like, okay, that's so it piques your interest. But then like someone with an even bigger platform, like now they're talking about, well, that's all, already kind of adding to the credibility. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with it is people who want to know, like I will talk about it, Enneagram and coffee, you know, like we let's do it. Sure. But, um, it is not something that is going to have any, I, I don't have energy to like argue with somebody <laughs> about it. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. So, uh, I appreciate your time and, sure. and, and effort on this so far. So, uh, and you have agreed to, to stick around for a second episode where we kind of break down some, uh, some, what would you classify it as? Some, uh, we're going to look at some do's and don'ts specifically in the workplace. All right. And, and I think that that again is going to un unpack the question that you, we kind of keep dancing around. Like, what am I supposed to actually do with this? Okay. So I think, I think I can kind of put some, you know, some real like, um, hands and feet to, to what we're talking about and uh, that will hopefully have some specific applications and we'll work our way through the numbers a little bit. All right. So we're going to do that in the next episode, which will be next week. So if you're listening to this right now, uh, 
then you'll have to stick around for next week. If uh, if you're after the fact, then you can go ahead and, and jump to the next episode. But we'll right. we'll bring this to a close, and then we'll uh, we'll be back uh, next week with another episode. For those of you who are listening or watching to this for the first time, uh, I want to tell you that we have two other seasons available with over seventy episodes of great guests and topics, and uh, lots of information for you to learn from uh, as it relates to business ideas, practices, and strategies. That's been our sole focus for the last couple of months. So I really want to challenge you and encourage you to go check those out. If you haven't already, check out lockdoc.net slash podcast. You can subscribe there on all of the podcast platforms. Um, And if you're listening to this on iTunes, then just give us a five-star review, maybe leave some comments. Uh, That'll be very beneficial and helpful for us as we continue to try to spread the message and share this information with the business world. So if you'll do that, check that out. We definitely appreciate it. A video version of this podcast, if you're listening to it, is available on Facebook and YouTube. You can check that out. You can check out our brand new studio here for season three. Um, It's looking sharp and we're excited uh, for a really great lineup of guests that are going to be coming up. So we'll be back with you Uh, before we leave. Yes. This, I forgot about this. If they want to find out how to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? The easiest way is at andreaisaacs.com. That's simple to remember. Um, So andreaisaacs.com, lots of good stuff there. That's uh, my blog, but that also has Enneagram information. It's got some pretty fun content. Um, And then uh, Andrea Joy Isaacs on Instagram. Come talk to me on Instagram. I love, love, love chatting with people on Insta. All right. Thank you, Andrea. We'll be back with episode two next week. That'll work. We'll see you then.